This, my friends, is hour two of Snowman in the Morning. We are presented in part by Monkey Knife Fight and Statement Games. Want to be a sponsor of this here program? Drop an email to snowmaninthemorning at gmail.com. That's snowmaninthemorning at gmail.com. You can find us via Twitter and Instagram, Cole underscore sports for my partner, and B-Snow Multimedia for yours truly. The show Twitter is official, S-I-T Morn. That's official, S-I-T Morn. And while I'm getting stuff in, please do us a favor. Go to anchor.fm slash official S-I-T Morn. Check out the interviews. And if you find it in your heart, we hope you do. And we hope you enjoy your, enjoy the show enough. Become a monthly subscriber for only 5 or 10 bucks. You can help keep the show going. And we're going to keep this show going right now. We get into hour two. Man. Mike had some great points about Connecticut canceling their season amidst the coronavirus pandemic. So many of their opponents are going to a conference-only schedule. The Big Ten is going to a conference-only schedule. And UConn becomes the first FBS team to cancel Mm -hmm. their season. Big Ten will start September 3rd. Michigan and Ohio State will play on October 24th. So they're, they're not going to play in November. You think this is smart for them to go to a conference-only schedule? I think it is. It is. I mean, it's, it's smart for them to do it because I get it. You want to limit travel. So I understand the concept. The, the issue that I have <laughs> is it almost uh, – you almost do, you almost seem to still have similar issues and problems that will arise. Yeah, I mean because you know now when we were watching college when we were watching college, well, this really is predicated on football more than basketball. But when we were watching college basketball, uh, college football in the nineties, you pretty much pretty much knew Big Ten was in the Midwest, Pac Ten was out west, uh, Big Twelve was basically Midwestern Texas. Mm-hmm. And SEC was the SEC was the Deep South, and ACC was basically Mid Atlantic, with yep. a couple of Southern teams. But now you've had this expansion that's taken place. For example, you have a Big Twelve team like West Virginia. Oh Lord! You have a Big Ten team like Rutgers. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have an ACC team like Notre Dame. So I mean, you you know you you're, you're still going to be traveling major distances just to play these games. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so that is the issue. I still see that could still rear its ugly head. Ed Harden joined me last Friday and pointed out that Clemson has to travel to South Bend to play Notre Dame. Let that sink in, folks. Clemson, which is in South Carolina, which is not far, which is not far from home, has to travel up here to Indiana to -hmm. play Notre Dame. It's too bad there's not going to be eighty thousand people in that joint. Because I would love to see Notre Dame Stadium shake when Clemson arrives. And yeah, I know NBC is hanging their head because I know they were looking forward to this game on their schedule. Man, <laughs> man, hell, I was looking forward to that game. Oh, oh, man, I am too, uh, and was looking forward even more so. But yeah, but that's the, that's the issue that I see more than anything. It's like eh, I get wide conference only by regular standards, smart. Mm-hmm. You try to limit, you try to limit any type of contact with certain other areas of the country. Yeah, fully get that, fully grasp that. It's just, mm, I, I just, yeah, I, I don't know if it's still going to be enough. I don't either. And, and I, I, yeah, I, I really don't. I really don't. No. And I and like you mentioned too. I mean, you had Connecticut, who's. It was like uh, you know, UConn was like we shutting it down. Mm-hmm. You know, first big, you know, first big school program to say, eh, no, we're not gonna be playing, not gonna be playing football. We'll we'll pass up whatever, whatever financial benefit we'll have. We'll we'll just bypass it altogether. Yep. 
for the safety no, of the no, kids. UConn is not huge in in football, but still, they're smart enough to huge. they're smart enough to shut it down for the safety of the kids and the program. And that's and that's where I am with it. Those words exactly. Those yes. words exactly. The program is taking care of their children, and I want I want to see more programs do that. I hope so. They're shutting it down it's for one the safety thing, of the children. Yeah, it's it's one thing we see the pros doing this. You know, they're, they're men slash women. Mm-hmm. The college game, like mm, I don't know if you really want to risk that. But no, you don't. We're we're not ads of these of these schools, and we're not the commissioners of these uh, of these conferences. No. I tell you what, though, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see if a more FBS programs shut it down for the year, and b what I've seen with uh, Lewisburg College back in North Carolina play a spring season. That's mm. entirely possible. That's entirely possible. Hmm. Spring football. I mean, they do run scrimmages in the spring. It's a thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense. And, you think. I mean, and, and the flesh in the XFL season was actually getting off to a decent start this past winter leading into the spring. So, I mean, it's a thought. There's a, point, a, thought. We can hit, there's a point we can hit right now, and I didn't bother to, bother to mix it in. And this is a potluck Friday edition. What are your thoughts on The Rock and his group purchasing the XFL. Can they revive it? You know, it's, it's amazing that he got it at a rate that I think is extremely beneficial for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 15 million. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 you know, Rock has struck me as the type of guy who seems to, not say he never fails, but he seems to make the calculated risk, and he, and he seems to measure. He, he basically seems he strikes me as the type of sort of like measure, uh, sort of like measure try strike, measure twice, strike once. Mm-hmm. He doesn't see. He doesn't strike me as a guy who just is like, okay, let me gamble on this. He he had some advisors that said this might be a really good move for you. And I really do think there is a possibility this league could succeed. And I thought XFL 2.0 was on its way to succeeding. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. O- the only thing it need- the only thing it needed to do was just to have this season long proof of this actually is a concept that can work. Because mm-hmm. if they kept going with, and I think if they kept promoting the league being basically a glamorized minor league system for the NFL. I really believe they could really do major league damage doing that. If they could just simply be sort of like that. And I think, I believe that's the direction the rock would want to take the XFL. Cause I can't see him wanting to directly compete with the NFL. I, right. I don't see that. It would be stupid if, if anybody were to do that. But I, I really do believe that they can make the XFL or, and keep making them a feeder system for the NFL. Yeah. And, and a place where if a college guy thought that his NFL stock was higher than it actually was, that he gets a chance to prove himself in, another, in a professional, another professional league, this would be it. So I actually love it. I love the move. I love the move also. I love the move. And I fell in love with this version of the XFL because it was actually about football. Some of the rule changes, I dig it. It's an exciting brand, and they need to make Mm -hmm. this, like you said, a feeder for the the NFL. Matter of fact, that was one of the sticking points of the XFL. Mm -hmm. It was a big sticking point for the Alliance of American Football, and I fell in love with that football because the players played hungry. But when you got financial difficulties, you're going to have problems. The Rock stepped in and rescued the XFL. When this pandemic is over and we're actually getting back to real football, not to say that this coming season with the NFL and possibly college football won't be, but I'm talking about with crowds in excess of 40 and 50,000 and everybody is safe. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see. I can't, either. I can't wait to see 
what the XFL product is about and how it improves. And as I said a couple of days ago when I flew solo on the program, the two favorite teams I was watching, the Houston Roughnecks and the St. Louis Battlehawks. Mm -hmm. Football back in St. Louis? I'll take that. That was another reason why I loved it. Because, you know, we, we, you, you know, we, 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 we talk about how much of a crime it is that the NBA is not in Seattle. Mm-hmm. I feel the exact same way that it is a crime that the NFL is not in St. Louis. Yeah. Because that fan base is just as rabid about the NFL as Seattle is about the NBA. Yes. And, and I hated the, I, I actually hated the fact that the Cardinals moved out of St. Louis. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. You know, I hated that. And, and we, we were in high school when that happened. Yes. So I hated that, let alone the Rams moving out of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Moving back to Los Angeles. You know, and moving back to Los Angeles. I was like, man. And, and, the, Rams, that, like that. and the Rams are getting screwed over <laughs> in Los Angeles again. The Rams are getting screwed over in Los Angeles. This is why I feel the way that I do. Why are they sharing a stadium with the Chargers? Well, okay. Well, in this in this case, I don't know if the Rams are being screwed as much as the Chargers were being greedy. And mm. they they were hedging their bets that the uh that San Diego County was was going to basically bend over and give the the ownership group. I, I, I don't know if the same. I don't know if the Spanish group is gone or not. But if the ownership group that was at least owning then the the, the Chargers, I think they were thinking, well, we're going to get our stadium. We want it in downtown San Diego. We want it next to Petco Park, and everything is all kosher. And San Diego County was like, nope. Where Jack Murphy Stadium is, that's where we're going to build that stadium. He's like, okay, I'm going to call your bluff. San Diego County was like, okay, <laughs> see ya. And then they were relegated to playing in a soccer stadium. Yep. And it, and it got to the point where it's like, okay, well, we're stuck. Whoops. Oh, hmm. oh, the Rams are building a new stadium? Oh, let, let's be tenants over here. Okay. You don't mind if we, if yeah, you don't mind, we have tenants. the same situation as the uh, yeah, as the Jets and the Giants do. Yeah, be, yeah. Let, let's be tenant. Now the Rams own the stadium. That's the only reason why I say that I don't think they're screwed. However, to your point, I think the NFL should have protected the Rams better in that regard. Mm-hmm. Because I really believe, I wholeheartedly believe that the charges should have been called to the carpet and say, you're staying in San Diego and you better make a deal happen there. They needed to make a deal happen in San Diego because I can't say Los Angeles chargers to save my life. They will always be the San Diego chargers. Always. And the sad thing is, yeah. And the sad thing is Los Angeles can't even say Los Angeles chargers. Right. They can say Los Angeles Rams. They can say Los Angeles. They can say Los Angeles Rams. But they can't mm-hmm. say Los Angeles Chargers. I sure as hell can't. Yeah. Yeah. And it took me a minute because I just studied the history of the team that actually came from Los Angeles. I was like, oh, so they were in L.A., but they were only in L.A. for one year. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, you know, I, and I saw it happen about mm, a couple of years before it did happen. And I remember saying this to a, a Charger fan in San Diego. I said, you know, I want them to stay there, but they're not going to. No. And and she was passionate. She was like, but they're going to be here. They're they're San Diego. They're, they, they're, they're San Diego. They, it runs in their blood. There's no way they're going to leave this community. I'm like, no, no, honey. The, 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 the owner is money hungry. Mm-hmm. He wants something that I really believe San Diego County does not want to give him. And because of that, he's gone. I don't want to see it. Unfortunately, it's going to happen. And it did. And here it is, another community that should not have had their team plucked from their community plucked because of greed. Yep. Yep. The Chargers got plucked, and so did the Supersonics. Yeah. Because supposedly the grass was green on the other side. And it ain't. And in all cases, it has not been. 
No. But the charges, it most certainly has not been. Mm-mm. Because they're vagabonds now. Mm-hmm. They don't. They do not have their own stadium. If they were, if if a new ownership group takes over the Chargers, I hope two things happen. One, they secure a stadium where Jack Murphy Stadium is. Uh, it's gonna uh, make the San Diego State Aztecs vagabonds, but they can build a campus stadium. That's part one. Right. Part two, mm-hmm. moving back to San Diego. Yes. That's where they belong. That's where they belong. Yes. That's exactly where they belong. What, uh, that is what sucks about the whole situation. It's like, why? Why would you force this situation? Now, it sucks that the Rams was out of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they have roots entrenched in L.A., so I get that. Still, it sucks the way that Ted Crunky moved the team to St. Louis. Yeah. Promised that they were going to stay there. And then all of a sudden, they're moving. <laughs> the Mayflower truck is moving. <laughs> kind of reminds in the middle of the night. And I, I get a note <laughs> in my ear. Kind of reminds you of the Colts. That's why I mentioned the kind Mayflower of, truck. Kind of reminds you of the Colts. <laughs> the Mayflower trucks. That's exactly why. <laughs> that is reminds exactly why the, I mentioned the Mayflower truck. Remind you of the Colts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. A team that belongs in that community, and all of a sudden, in the in in the snow and the nightfall, they're gone. Here's those trucks moving out of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they head to the Midwest. Makes you think, doesn't it? Makes you yeah, think. Mm-hmm. Oh lordy, this has been a potluck Friday edition, folks. So, who would? What would happen first? As we mm-hmm. head toward our next break. What would happen first? Mm-hmm. The Chargers moving back to San Diego or the Sonics coming back to Seattle? Which would happen first? My heart my heart says we see another Seattle Supersonics team. I want to see that more than anything. Unfortunately, my head and everything else tells me the Chargers are moving back to San Diego. Mm-hmm. We're going to see that before we see the Supersonics again. But it's such a crime that we don't see the Supersonics, man. Gosh, I hate that. <sighs> How much do y'all miss the Seattle Supersonics? Tweet the show, official SIT Mourn, and let us know. How much do y'all miss the Seattle Supersonics? Because if you're anything like Cole and I, it's sad that we don't have the Seattle Supersonics anymore. It's absolutely sad. Replay of a conversation I had with Mike DeBate, talking all things NFC North, and then Cole and I will close things out. This is Hour 2 of Snowman in the Morning, powered by Sports Carolina Monthly, FPC Radio, and the SDM Sports Network. Back in a flash. Want a real kickstart to your mornings? Then tune in to the best sports show you ever heard. It's called Snowman of the Morning. Sports, life, culture, and a whole lot more. Tune in wherever you get your favorite stations and favorite shows. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today's program is presented in part by Monkey Knife Fight. What the heck is Monkey Knife Fight, you ask? Well, it's a daily fantasy service with different games to win you money. If you're new to MKF, when you register, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, to receive a 100% deposit bonus on up to 50 bucks at MKF and start playing daily games today. You know I'm already there. I'm winning cash and taking names, so I'll be sharing my favorite picks throughout the course of the show. Again, to get 50 bucks free, just sign up at monkeyknifefight.com, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, when you make your first deposit. And oh, by the way, tell them Snowman sent you. Are you over 50? Would you like to get up to 33% more income in retirement? Then call now for this free book, Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers, from a leading financial firm on maximizing your income in retirement. That's right, free. This free book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms that will help you make the right choices before buying an annuity. And it's free. 
As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report, summarizing the rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. Call 800-598-1698. That's right, annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling today. Call 800-598-1698. That's 800-598-1698. Producers have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Increased income is possible using strategies suited to your goals and may require buying multiple annuities and holding them full term. On this Friday edition, want to thank y'all for joining us today. Cole Johnson will be back to help me wrap things up a little bit later. But right now, it's time for this edition of the Lyle Files. And I'm going to warn you, if you think a certain way about a certain group that's been in the news, you better tighten your chin strap. Michael Lyle joins me right now. How are you, my friend? Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you too, Brian. What is going on on this Friday edition? The weekend's here. Uh, we're still in the pandemic, but all is well, I guess, if you want to call it such. Yeah, that's a bit, that, that, that's a huge, huge if. Well, it's well for my wife and I. We drove up here to uh, Indiana to visit the in-laws and uh, get a couple of couple things done, visiting some sponsors, some possible sponsors up here. Also, all right, let's get right to it. You and I have talked throughout the course of this NBA restart, but it ain't the action mm-hmm. on the court that I'm going to focus on. There is an article right. that I sent to you that says a bunch of money is going to be contributed to black economic empowerment. And the first thing oh. I said to you, notice the phrase in quotes. <laughs> Yes, I did. And I grasped that quickly. And I said, you know, I just find it very interesting, Brian, that, and this is what we've talked about on the course of this program for the last several weeks and months. It's unfortunate that I took for the instance with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor to get America to finally wake up and see what was going on in this country. After all these years, all these marches, all these protests we've been doing for years and months and who knows how long. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, 2020 seems to be the year where, oh, wait a minute, America's waking up to the issues about black folks and how we feel. Well, where were you all this time when we kept talking about this nonsense before February, before March, and the aftermath? Where were they in in the 60s and the 70s? Where were they before we were you and I were even born? How about that? Bingo. Let's go back that far. Bingo. You want a history lesson? Let's do history today. Go all the way back in time to when before you and I were even born. Mm -hmm. We were having these issues. Okay? Now, it's going to be tough to erase 400 years of issues. We know that. We're not naive to that. Right. But let's not get carried away here because people can say what they want. You're not going to make this issue go away in one year, four months, six weeks. I don't care how long it takes. You're going to have to continue to have a dialogue about this, and you cannot let this thing get swept under the rug like they seem to be trying to do now. Exactly. The sports leagues are putting their foot out there and saying what they have to say. We know the NBA is going to speak on it because as you watch the games and the restarts and the WNBA, for that matter, you're seeing it right there on the court. Yep. Black Lives Matter. You can't miss it. They intentionally did that to let people know. Mm-hmm. If you're going to support this sport, that's what you're going to have to get used to seeing on that court, on that TV screen for a while. Which prompted, so a, be it. which prompted a question with me when I saw Black Lives Matter in Blossom on the floor. Where was this when the NBA started? Where was this when the NBA grew to an iconic level? And believe me, David Stern took Asian, this to an Asian iconic level. Asian Bill Russell. Uh, the, can I get a witness? Asian Bill Russell. I mean, look, Bill Russell, who played at the University of San Francisco, was drafted by the Boston Celtics, the greatest winner of all time, was putting this out there then. And... You know, Nothing. there was an article I read a few weeks ago where he actually wrote an article for the Source magazine, I believe it was, mm-hmm. detailing his experiences playing for the Celtics. And would you believe that he played and won all those championships on the Red Auerbach, played with Sam Jones, a host of other greats on that franchise, Bob Cousy, you name it. Yep. Uh, they were a dynasty before the word dynasty even became a part of sports. Uh, yeah, they were. And, uh, what they call uh, sports vernacular. Yeah, but they were. The man said in his article that he had 
to deal with even his own fans mm-hmm. taunted him and mm-hmm. called him names. So what does that tell you, Brian? You're playing for your own city. You're winning all these championships, and that still is not enough? It hasn't You're still stopped. not trying to break the – Jackie Robinson went through it, too, when he played for the yep. Brooklyn Dodgers. It took them here before they and they decided to turn the cheek. Well, mm-hmm. most of them did. Still, the Ottomans did not do so. Uh, you won't even go any further. Hank Aaron. Yep. Man got death threats when he broke seven, when he broke Babe's record for uh, home runs, career home runs, 715. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man had to deal with all the nonsense even before he got to that milestone, and even after the fact. Yeah. So yeah. what I'm saying to you, Brian, is that this is what we've been talking about for years. Athletes have been talking about this crap for a long time before you and I were brought on this earth. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's amazing that all of a sudden they're throwing all this out as like, listen, the gesture might be nice, but where I'm at now, and I think I can, I think you would agree with me on this, we want to see the action now. Yep. Enough with the talk. Ben, I want to see action. Ben wanting to see the action. Is. Yep. Ben, ben wanting That's to see the I'm action. Right now. That's where I'm at. Ben wanting to see the action. Putting a phrase I want to on see the, the stuff, putting emotion out. Enough yep. to talk. And, and it needed to be put in motion a long time ago. Putting a phrase on the floor, what's that going to do? Now, nothing against and them putting like, black lives. Listen, yeah, like, nothing against <laughs> it. You and I think too much alike, okay? My wife, even. Listen, y'all have seen pictures of my mm. wife, the ones who, who follow the show <laughs> and have seen Ooh, my boy. wedding picture and have seen my pictures when I got married. Y'all know my wife is not my color. Okay, but two things, two big caveats. Number one, who the hell cares? Number two, we certainly don't. And I'll give you a bonus item. We talk about this on a near daily basis. (laughs) A near daily basis. And I love the dialogue that she and I have. It needs to happen on a more grand scale. It needs to happen on a hell of a grand scale. But the fact that she and I can talk about this and not get into our emotions, have a logical, there's a cuss word, dialogue. <laughs> oh, I'm going all the way there. I'm going Please all the way there. I told unfortunately, listen. Here's the problem, though, Brian. go <laughs> there all the time. And that's the other thing that's frustrating is that how long do we have to continue to go there? Yes. It's important to go there. But we go there all the damn time, and it's like we're just getting tired of having to go there. Mm-hmm. When do we say enough is enough? We're having to go there all the time. It's like, what is it going to take for people to finally see, okay, now we know what's going on. You're finally starting to realize that. Mm-hmm. But we want to see more action than talking now. I'm done with people talking. I'm I, like, I don't care about the talk. The talk I, I think is nice. I said, Let's see it play out now. I think I said enough is enough when I got married. I will be perfectly honest. I think I said enough is enough when I got married, and I think I finally got back to who I am, the kid growing up, loving baseball, My fav- one of my favorite pitchers, Nolan Ryan. Give you another, Steve Carlton. All right? I mean, if I can have love like that for, play- for, for sports stars that were just sports stars and I didn't give two dams about the color, why in the hell can't this happen now? Why can't this happen now with regular people? All right, let's take sports completely out of the equation. And, and I agree with the question that you posed just a moment ago, I'm, or a statement. That wasn't a question. It was a statement. I'm sick and tired of going there. Because every time I'm I go there, people look at Because every time I go there, people look at me like I have a, an extra set of eyes. I said what I said. I meant what I said. I've said it for the seven years I've been doing this show. I said it for the almost 25 years I've been in sports casting, and y'all want to y'all want to really I'm going to really get on people's nerves. There is a f- mutual friend. There are two mutual friends that you and I share that were that are play-by-play announcers. The first name is Paul Olden, and the second name is mm-hmm. Dave Sims. That's right. And then Paul Olden called the games for. Oh, wait for a high-profile franchise, the New York Yankees. Yep. TV channel, Channel 11, WPIX in New York, because I grew up in that region. Mm-hmm. And I used to love watching and listening to Paul Olden call the Yankees games back in the day. Yes, he did. Now he's he a PA announcer for the Yankee Stadium game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember Paul Olden all too well. I think he was one of the very few 
that actually broke the barrier for Yankees broadcast. Like I think I'm yes. not sure if he was the very first person of color, but he was one of he the first. One of the first to be actually play by play doing games on on New York television. He was one of the first because I don't think there was ever a black broadcaster in New York City called play by play for any of the sports teams. For that no, matter. I don't think for basketball, for hockey, or for baseball, or for football. And he broke I think the Paul ice. Holden was one of the very first. And he broke the ice for the yeah. Tampa Bay Devil Rays when they were called That's the Devil right. Rays in and 1998. And, and oh wait, Paul and. Wait for it. The guy that's the World Series champion broadcaster now. That's right. Yep. Good old Charlie Slows and Paul Charlie Holden, the original Slows. voice of the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Yep. Charlie Slows. Yep. <laughs> you and I share a big admiration for him, and I'm working very hard to get him and Dave on this program, especially with the speed of the baseball season going on right now. It may be after the season, but I'm going to get him on this program. It's if they not... get to the season, that is. Yeah. The, the... Oh, boy. That's... That's for yeah, next that's week. Another, that's another conversation. That's a yeah, conversation for, for next. <laughs> that's a conversation for next week when I bring you back on. But be that as it may, I tell this story all the time. I told my wife this story, and it made her shake her head. Here's the story: My mother, once upon a time, asked me who my favorite play-by-play announcers were when she coupled it with why I want to get into the business. And the first name I spat out. You know who he is. Good old Jim Durham. Yep. J.D. Yep. The man who called the Bulls games for many years. The radio voice and the voice, as far as I'm concerned. I know there's a lot of voices out there. But he is the voice and will always be the voice of Michael Jeffrey Jordan's era and that franchise. Period. Because he was around from start <laughs> to finish before he came to ESPN Radio and became yep. my colleague. Mm-hmm. But he will always be remembered for the work he did. And Michael Jordan. Okay. And I mentioned him, and this is the collection I spat at my mother when she posed me this question. I was 21 years old when she first asked me this. She asked me this several hundred times since then, and the list to start with will always remain the same. Jim Durham, Wayne Larravee, Jack Buck, John Rooney, Vin Scully. And the question I got in return, and you know this. <laughs> Harry also. I'm giving Harry <laughs> some love. Harry. Holy cow! I'm giving Harry. I'm giving Jack Brickhouse some love. Hell, Steve Rabel, the voice of the Seattle Seahawks, who gives who gave me a phrase I use very often right now, which is "Holy catfish." I love listening to him. <laughs> and the question you know, well, my personal that time sake in basketball anyway. Mm-hmm. Francis Dale Chickhern. Chickhern. Never a Lakers fan either. But I, I was never a Lakers fan, and you know that. Yep. I mean, we grew up listening to Marv Albert, but I yes. was always a big fan of Francis Dale Chick Hearn. Yep. His basketball broadcasting was phenomenal. Yep. He's Chick, right up there with the likes of Jim Durham. Chick Hearn, Johnny Most, those guys, the old school guys, Marv Albert, when he voiced the Knicks McCoy, for many, many years, Al Steve McCoy. Holman. Yep. Yep. Steve Holman, the voice of the Hawks for many Steve years. Steve Holman, yep. and I plan to have him on this program very soon. Uh, just been. Uh, so busy trying to get in contact with everybody, especially when I was out for four weeks with an illness. But here's another favorite voice. Anyone who knows me and knows of me knows I am a big fan of my beloved Northwestern Wildcats. I had this gentleman on very recently. Has the ball. Rolls to the right, looking downfield, sets up and heaves it towards the right side of the end zone. It's going to be jump ball, tipped in the air. It's caught. Touchdown! The Wildcats win! Sam Simmons caught the deflected pass! That is the one and only Dave Hennett. A dear friend Dave of mine. Hennett. Yep. A dear friend of mine. Yeah, I love his work for North. Don't you still call the games on WGN out there? Yeah. That's why I used to listen to his game. Yep. Seven. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, most of the games are still on are, are still on WGN, even though the Wildcats uh network is now a part of IMG, most of the games are still on WGN. The question I what got from sports team is not part of IMG College now for crying out loud. Right, <laughs> right. Part of, part, of, part of IMG College out here. Yeah. Now. Are you kidding me? Oh they yeah. Just, they've cornered the market for all college teams now. Mm-hmm. They, they've cornered the market, <laughs> like you said, uh, until SDM Sports Network corners the market in the next few years. And I'm dropping a bo- oh, and I'm go. dropping a big hint on that. The question I got mm-hmm. from my mother. I mentioned all those names, including Dave Bennett. For this reason, the question I got from my mother was as follows, and I quote, how come there are not any black announcers on your list? Close quote. 
I looked my mother in the eye, and my response was simple. Because at the time, Mom, there aren't many of us doing it. Exactly. That was the problem. We weren't out there. Yep. The problem is we weren't allowed that opportunity to come sit at the table like we are now. Right. Now, even though we still have work to do, because let's face it, Ryan, you look across all four sports, it's too many black play-by-play announcers right now. You see a lot more analysts, but I'm talking about in that lead role where you're calling the games like Dave Sims mm-hmm. or Paul Olden or Gus Johnson yes. or Eric Jones for ESPN mm-hmm. or his brother Paul Jones who calls the Raptors games on 590 in Toronto. Yes. Or um, who else? We can, we can just go down a list right now. We, or, we can go down a list. Let's see who else we can think of. It's, it's, yeah, you know, the list goes on and on and on right now. Yep. Or Kurt Menefee, who used to do Kurt play for a minute. Yep. Those are the voices that, yeah, those are the voices I'm talking about that are in that lead role that can call the games, play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Play. That's who I like to see more, mm-hmm. black play-by-play announcers. And, and the first year I got wind of a black play-by-play announcer was 1990. James Brown called an LSU game. When they played, James you should right. remember this. Right. He used to call play-by-play, too. Yep. yep, you should remember this. When he called a play-by-play with Quinn Buckner when LSU hosted Hank Gathers and the Loyola Marymount Lions. Ooh, I remember that. That's right. That's where James Brown is. He was just—he was moving up that food chain at CBS, too, yep. And, he was working during the sideline area yep. with Magic and those guys, too. And... I, I got another name for you too. You might yep. have forgotten about this, but he did play-by-play for a minute. Yeah, he did. Brian Gumble. Yes, yes, he did. When the NFL Network first launched, he was tapped as a play-by-play announcer. Yeah, all the NFL games on NFL Network when it first launched. Mm-hmm. And yes, that Brian Gumble. And, and then Greg Gumble really broke the barrier by being the first black announcer to to on television voice the Super Bowl. Did two of them. That's right. Yep. I forgot about Greg Gumbel. He's another one that was out there, too. That's right. But and, again, that's and Dave Sims. That, that was about how many I just counted this down today, uh, Brian. Yeah. That might have been about maybe eight or nine I just that we just mentioned on two yep. hands. Yeah. That's, that's still not enough. That's it's not. not enough. It's not. It's not. It's still enough. And I'm not even talking about college. I'm talking about professional league. That's mm-hmm. not enough. Yep. It's, I'm waiting for the That's day you and I share a microphone. I'm waiting for the day you and I share a microphone, or we share a microphone. Oh, I can't wait for with, that day either. Or we share a microphone with our good buddy Joshua Jackson, because on my bucket list is to call a game in MSG, for us to call a game in MSG. Friend, you're going to love that experience of calling the game at MSG. You remember I told you I had the privilege of being there to cover the Howard basketball team that year they beat yes. in what was called the Big Apple Classic. Mm-hmm. My friend, that's going to happen. You are going to love sitting courtside at the world's most famous. I know you have your fatuation with the stadiums in Chicago. But let me tell you, my friend, ain't nothing like calling the game in MSG on 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 34th and right downtown in the heart of Manhattan. Oh, I know nothing it. Nothing like that experience. Bro. I know it. I, I know it. I know it. When I met when I met Jody, You're sitting right there on that court. Yep. When I met Jody and we got married, she looked me in the eye and said, "I want you to chase your dreams." That's one of them. I've conquered the United Center. I've conquered Chicago Stadium. Conquered Lucas Oil and Bankers Life Fieldhouse in nearby Indianapolis. I've done Wrigley Field. I've done U.S. Cellular Field. I've done Soldier Field. Okay? I've done the Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Damn near conquered the, the Target Center. Me- the old Metrodome. Yes. That's some knowledge for you. That's for some of you youngsters out there if you want to talk about history. Yeah. Learn about the old stadiums that were the, where the legends were born. Chicago Stadium. Yeah. Where Michael the, started to make his name. The Metro uh, the Metrodome, <laughs> Chicago Stadium. Done them all. MSG's on my bucket list. Period. MSG's Brother, on my bucket you, list. You are going to get to MSG, and if I have to make that happen, I most certainly will because that, my friend, is an experience of a lifetime. Just to be there, even if you do it just for one time. Yes. To say that you were there, mm-hmm. that you were courtside to do that. That is something that a lot of broadcasters get into this business to do, man. This is what they call a lifelong dream. Yep. Even if they get to do it once, they can say, I was there. I was there. And you I, will be there. I know I will. I've done three um, Circle City Classics at Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis. And the first time. Then I did the Circle City Classic 2014. <sighs> it gives me pleasure to say I was the only national electronic media in the house. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. But this is why we're having discussions now, Brian, because we've been talking about, again, this is something that we had just decided to talk about in 2020. Right. We've been having these, I mean, this week we're having our annual convention 
uh, the NABJ NAHA is doing their virtual convention, and we're mm-hmm. having discussions about this at nauseum. It's like, yeah. how long are we going to continue to have these discussions about the issues about diversity in this business? We are out there. Why yeah. do you not want us to have a seat at that table? What is the problem that you have a, a difference of somebody like you and I who has a skill set? <laughs> Unlike some of these characters that come out of college and they bring out of college, just oh, fresh out of school, put in these big time cities oh, with little to no experience, mind you, None. give them all that kind of money. None. But here we are, 20, 40 years veterans, knowing what the hell we're doing, but we're still getting the peanuts. There's 40 plus years That's of experience. That's unacceptable. It is. There's 40 plus years of experience just between you and I alone. Okay, you had Josh. But you get my drift, though. We have yep. more experience than some of these characters have on one freaking finger, and yet they're getting the jobs that we work hard for. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about all week long at this convention, Brian. It's like enough. Like how long? What's it going to take? Why can't we have more black voices on on sportscasts? Um, I had a conversation with somebody on the station today in Houston. Um, he was asking me questions about what I do in Connecticut. I call. I'm probably the only black radio newscaster in this state. I and I may I could be wrong, but I don't think I am wrong on that. I, I don't think, think you're I am wrong. the only one in this state. I don't think you're wrong. I don't hear too many black radio newscasters by way, Brian. Not disc jockeys, not musicians, not DJs. Newscasters. I'm talking about news, talking about the news, reporting mm-hmm. the news. I yep. think I am the only one in that particular medium in this state of Connecticut. That's unacceptable, So there man. you have it. That's what I'm trying to say. We got to do better than that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, I'm at the flagship station here in Connecticut. Yep. The 50,000-watt station, which is known as the uh, WBBM of Connecticut, mm-hmm. WTIC. That's yep. like your WBBM out there, all news, traffic, and weather. That's what we do here, and that's what I do here. But I'm the only one of color doing that work? No. So that's why we're having these discussions all the time, because it's like, how long are we going to continue to have these discussions? Yeah. What are you going to say? When are you going to give that us an opportunity? A lot more feasible because that means we got to hold it down for the fort. I mean, that's what puts the on eight. You know, mm-hmm. that's the either on us that we have to continue to do what we're doing. When are we so. going to? When are we going to get the fair opportunities? Because I can share this story. I applied for, um, I applied to do a show and play by play out west. And as long as you've known me twenty plus years, you would think would groove the road for me to get the call for that position. Yeah, what was the call I got? We're going with someone else. I can honestly tell you, I broke down and cried. I can imagine your feelings, man, because I know you were hurt by that. I know that was something that you really worked hard for. And we're human. We know that we're gonna have we're gonna have disappointments. I've had disappointments already this year, all right? You're gonna have disappointments. But the thing is, we get tired of having these disappointments because we feel like we're just as good as the person that's applying, but yet we're not getting the opportunity to show our skills. Exactly. That's what makes it so frustrating. Yeah, that's exactly what makes it we frustrating. we know we can do the job, and we know we're better than anybody. And we know if we were to put a, a, a demo reel together, we could show them what we could do. Yep. And That's what I think they're afraid of, Brian. And the crazy thing is, I'm self-taught. I taught myself how to do this. Right. I'm self-taught. <laughs> You know, one of my good friends is the man in charge of the sports uh, uh, sportscasters talent talent agency. It's an STAA for short. I was so mad one day when I called him last year when wife and I were living in Terre Haute. I said, I think I'm going to hang this up and try to do something else. He said, Are you crazy? I said, What are you talking about? I built the net. I, I built a network, but I don't have a degree. I taught myself to do what I'm doing. And he stopped me in mid-sentence and said, exactly. You've been ahead of the game since 1995. I said, what? He said, yeah, you've been, you've been ahead of the game. You've been in the game and you've been ahead of it. People just haven't realized so it yet. So what are you talking about trying to – so what are you talking about? So then he's actually better him than you. Better him than me because I would have probably gotten a little more feistier if it was me. You know me. I would have said, you must oh, be I know. kidding me. Uh, I know. You're not going anywhere. You're going to get right back in that dang on uh, squeak box and do your job. And oh, make I, this happen. I did. I, look, he told me, <laughs> and the same day, my better half told me, because she heard me utter that sentence, and she said, you're going to do what? And she had a smile on her face at first, but then she frowned when I repeated the conversation. She said, you ain't giving this up, and I'm not. 
I'm not. And after all the hell you dragged us through anyway, she feels like you better continue to make this work. <laughs> <laughs> That's her other thing. Is like, now after all the stuff that we've been through, you are not going exactly. to anything. You were going, yeah. She, not, not at this point, you're not. I mean, this this morning, she's looking at me now, and uh, she's looking at me now across the way. She's And she just flashed a card that says multi-million dollar show. That's all the that that's all the inspiration I need. That's all the inspiration I need. Have, has, when your better half tells you what the deal is, I think that tells you a lot about that. That means you better listen. Number one, yeah. number two, you need to go out there and just make that work happen because it's not gonna, you know, it's just it's, it's unfortunate too that this is the hand we've been dealt. But so be it. We gotta just do it, man. So we be just it. Gotta continue to push until we see it, and when we do see it, that's when we can't let off. Our laurels, either we can't just say okay, no. it's happened. Now we can right now, no, we can't ease up. See, that's the you, thing. you can't you cannot let your foot off the gas pedal you within a year's time. I, I gave myself a goal within a year's time. This is going to be a multi million dollar show, and when it does happen, it's going to be even more multi millions because I'm not letting my foot off the gas pedal. There's no way I'm going to let my foot off the gas pedal. We're coming up on a break, but Mike Lyle will join me every Friday to talk about this, talk about sports. We're talking baseball next week, and we're going to mix in a whole lot of life subjects along with it, too. Thanks a lot, my friend. Appreciate the time. Appreciate you, and I love you. Love you, too, brother. Stay safe out there. Give my best to the wifey, all right? Cole Johnson joins me to wrap it up after this. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No, no, that, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De- decline. Floods don't exactly work around your schedule. Disasters don't plan ahead. But you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Visit lacounty.gov emergency. Brought to you by the Los Angeles County Office of Emergency Management, FEMA, and the Ad Council. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy. Which is great, because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. (laughs) They can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test, because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Want a real kickstart to your mornings? Then tune in to the best sports show you ever heard. It's called Snowman of the Morning. Sports, life, culture, and a whole lot more. Tune in wherever you get your favorite stations and favorite shows. You'll be glad you did. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today's program is presented in part by Monkey Knife Fight. What the heck is Monkey Knife Fight, you ask? Well, it's a daily fantasy service with different games to win you money. If you're new to MKF, when you register, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, to receive a 100% deposit bonus on up to 50 bucks at MKF and start playing daily games today. You know I'm already there. I'm winning cash and taking names, so I'll be sharing my favorite picks throughout the course of the show. Again, to get 50 bucks free, just sign up at monkeyknifefight.com, use the promo code SNOWMAN, that's me, when you make your first deposit. And oh, by the way, tell them Snowman sent you. I'm back up here in Indiana, uh, visiting my in-laws, visiting family. Wife and I are up here, but still had a show to get out. So I think I'm going to close with a funny story. And I want to see if you've, you've been through this. We drove up here to Indiana. We're a couple of hours outside of Indianapolis. And my wife looked at me and she said, who's going to do the bulk of the driving? Now, I will admit the longest I've ever driven was eight hours. And I've done I've done that a couple times to go from Gary, Indiana to St. Louis. This was a 12 hour drive. And I'm going to admit something on the air that my wife figured out a while ago. I couldn't handle it behind the wheel. Look, I, 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 have, I have pulled a couple of 12-hour drives. Uh, Houston, the distance between Houston and Nashville is 12 hours. Yeah. So I've done it a few times. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> if you don't get the proper rest, whoo, 
ooh, sorry for you. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you will be struggling the, mightily on the road. Now, the last time before this trip that uh, we drove up to Indiana, I went to visit my son. I had to do the entire way. I had to do it the entire way because my wife, unfortunately, had um, a torn Achilles, a slightly torn Achilles. So I had to drive both ways. Mm-hmm. The caffeine that I put down on that trip. Oh man! <laughs> and I, and I, I do it again because I wanted my wife to mm-hmm. rest. You know? Yeah. I wanted my I wanted mm-hmm. my right wife to rest, but um, I think we were in Virginia, or just coming mm-hmm. out of Virginia. We were just coming out of Virginia, and I saw a familiar rest stop, and my body was going, "Gotta sleep." Gotta sleep. Oh man. You've made the drive. You've mm-hmm. made the drive. You know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, I was hurting. Mm-hmm. I was hurting. We drove when we drove up to Indiana, I like I said, I put a lot of caffeine down. A lot. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna and I, I have the feeling I'm gonna do it again because my wife and I talked before we drove up here. And we are both trying to be healthy and kick the caffeine habit. But she looked at me and said, whatever we have to do to get through the drive, that's what we'll do. Good enough for me, babe. <laughs> Good enough for me. Good enough for me. I mean, we had audi- we had audio books on the way up here, but here's the problem. The series that we listened to, and I asked this, for a question of the day earlier in the week, what has your mate got you hooked on that you never get hooked on? It's a two-tiered answer for me. Audiobooks and a, uh, a, a, a crime series novel. A crime series. Mm-hmm. A murder mystery series. Thank you. Thank you, honey. A murder mystery series. Um, it's called The In-Death Series, and it's by J.D. Robb. And... Uh, um, Audible is one of our affiliate sponsors. I haven't mentioned them much, but I'm going to mention them now. Please check them out. They got some great, great books. But that's usually what we listen to when we go to sleep. Right. So I had to have about 52 ounces of caffeine to make sure I stay awake with the wind with the window down, getting some natural air in the car to make sure my wife gets some sleep. And that at the time I was driving, you know. I hear some things that make me laugh and I stay awake because that's usually what we go to sleep Mm to. Man, when I pulled over and heard the book going, it was one of the previous books we listened to. Man, when I pulled over and heard that book going, made sure the car was locked, made sure the windows were up and I was out. Mm. Good. I'm glad you. I'm, I'm glad you pulled aside and got you had a chance to rest. I needed it. I needed it. Stretch the legs out, lean the seat back, and I was snoring within two minutes. Hmm. Good. And we flew the rest of the way up here, and tomorrow morning we're going to do the return trip. I'm going to sleep all day Saturday. Hmm. I'm going to sleep when we get back. I'm probably going to sleep all day Sunday, except mm-hmm. to get our show together for Monday. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know you're going to be texting me going, uh, we have our show meeting now, sir. You need to get up. <laughs> I don't want to get up. You ever have one of those mornings? We're just having fun here to oh, close God. the show, folks. Oh, you ever God, have one yeah. of those? You ever have one of those mornings? <laughs> you have one of those? I, I love my Dr. K, and she knows my schedule. And bless her heart, she's trying to keep me to it. But the body fights it. <laughs> mm-hmm. just, like I, just like I try to keep her to her schedule when she needs to go to work. I try to, we try to keep each other to our schedule. And this week has been rough. Especially mm-hmm. since I'm still getting over um, a staph infection and still getting my legs back under me. And we're trying to get some more exercise in. Man... I'd wake up and she'll go, okay, you got to get up now. I don't want to, damn it. <laughs> she'll start laughing. And I, I'll, I'll tell her, wake me up in a half hour. 
Yeah, I barely closed my eyes and a half hour's gone. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Your wife will, I know you've been through this. Your wife will wake you up and you're going, what for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just getting some good sleep. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you just, how did Bill Cosby describe it? You're just getting into that second phase where you get into that deep sleep. And you're wondering, why are you waking me up? <laughs> you know who's you know who's bad at doing that to me? And I, I, I tease them mercilessly, but I love them. You know who's bad at doing that to me? My grandchildren. Oh. Yeah. My grandchildren, my nieces. My niece would uh, my niece Jordan love her to pieces. She is uh six. Love her to pieces. Yeah. All right. The last time we drove up here, mm-hmm. I got into one of the chairs at my in-law's house. I stretched out my feet and I knew I was a goner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I knew I was a goner when I stretched my feet out. My niece, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law. And my nieces all come over while I'm sleeping. My wife wakes up first. And the mm-hmm. next thing I know, I feel these little hands <laughs> trying to shake me. You got to wake up. I look, I open my mm-hmm. eyes and they're blurry as they are. And I see mm-hmm. Jordan, my niece. And I'm going, hi, why are you waking me up? And of course, she she starts giggling. My wife starts giggling, like uh, you have to get up now. I just fell asleep. <laughs> I just went to sleep. What the hell? I just went to sleep. And of course, my dog gets in on the fun. Dog jumps into my lap. My son's dog, who is a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Big old, big old dog. You know what this? You know what this dog does? Try to climb in my lap. Mm-hmm. I look up. I, I wake up. I see him. I see um, Fergie on one side of me. I see Lucy, my dog, on the other side of me. I'm going. Okay, I can go to sleep, and I pass out. Mm. <laughs> that's that's good. So when did you have one of those trips where you were driving along and you're doing good and all of a sudden your energy just goes and fades out? Oh, gosh, man. Uh, (laughs) All right. So I I had to drive from Houston to uh, Meridian one time and Mm -hmm. Meridian, Mississippi. I'm sorry. Uh, And. That's not twelve. It's more. That's more along the lines of nine. Okay, it's about nine hours. Okay. So the night before, I only got four hours of sleep. Oh boy! Because uh, oh yeah, boy, so, yeah. Some reason in my apartment, the uh, the the because this was in the summer. Yes. The AC went out. Oh no! So, oh <laughs> yeah, no! So, so oh, no, I, so I wanted to get yeah, I wanted to get yeah, mm-hmm. I wanted to get out early in the morning, and when I say early in the morning, I'm saying like about mm, be on the road at least no earlier than five, no later than five yeah in the morning yeah, and so I was preparing to go to sleep. I mm-hmm. got in bed at nine. <laughs> I tossed, turned, tossed, turned some more. I didn't go to sleep until midnight. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, oh, oh, Lord. I, yeah. So I did get up at four, did the shower and all that type of stuff. Got in the car and and drove. Got there just fine, but I had to drive <laughs> back the very next day. Oh no. So, <laughs> like I said, I was fine going. Yeah. Coming back. Was so a mess. I'm on the road and it's yeah, it was a mess. So I was on the road. I got on the road around one. And 
I got to Jackson and Jackson's like about an hour from Meridian. Mm-hmm. So I get, I get there, get past there and I'm headed toward New Orleans. Yes. About 10 miles out of Jackson. I feel myself fading. <laughs> <laughs> and oh yeah. The, and and unlike and unlike what you did, you did the mature thing and say, "Okay, I feel myself, I feel myself drifting. I think I need to pull over and go to sleep." What'd no, you the youthful no the the youthful hubris and exuberance. I thought, well, heck, I could still power through it, and did. And as you can and as you can hear, I you know no scratches or scrapes. Which is a good but thing. But I remember, I remember seeing the clock one, uh, a clock that said one fifteen. No, no, I'm sorry, not one fifteen, three fifteen. And then I remember seeing the clock again and it said three twenty. <laughs> Five minutes. I do not recall. <laughs> how the car did not swerve. How the car did not move from one way to another. How there was not a car that honked. How was it that the passenger on my side didn't even notice I was asleep for five minutes? It's all beyond me. But there was five minutes that I still to this day cannot account for. (laughs) And every since then, every trip I take, I'm like, I'm not going to get to that point where I am like, I don't remember these five minutes. <laughs> One minute is three fifteen. Next minute is three twenty. <laughs> yep. Oh boy! And I and the bad part is I've been there. I've been mm-hmm. there. I know you've been there. <laughs> like I, I. One more before we get out of here. I drove from Gary mm-hmm. to the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls. It was 2008. Had a game to do there, mm-hmm. Chicago State, Northern Iowa. I left Gary at about, I'd say, nine Central Time. Mm-hmm. My my goal was to get into Cedar Falls early, grab some right. lunch, and then when the arena opens, fly over to the arena. Right. Yes. Uh, what what's that saying about the best laid plans? Mm-hmm. I made oh, it out man. of Gary. I got on the I-80. I'm flying up I-80. I'm feeling good. I looked at the clock. I looked at my phone. I beg your pardon. I looked at my phone. Mm-hmm. And it said 1230. And my body just went limp. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, why am I about to crash now? I don't need Mm -hmm. to crash. I got to get to the arena. Right. So I found a rest stop up I-80 just before I got out of Illinois. I said, I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stretch my legs, use the restroom, and then come back and finish my drive to northern Iowa. I I did all that. Got up, stretched my legs, walked around a bit. Even made sure that I checked my equipment, that I checked my pregame notes, everything. I was fine till I sat back down in the car. Oh, no. I mean, I got the blood pumping. I got the brain going. How am I going to use? What words I'm going to use? I'm cool. Check my equipment twice. Twice mm. to make sure I didn't have to stop at a Radio Shack. God bless you. I miss Radio Shack. I do too. Um, Radio Shack has bailed me. I'm going to talk about this Monday. Radio Shack bailed me out of so many jams, but I'm serious. I got there. I got there. I, I stretched my legs, walked around, mm-hmm. got yeah. a drink, checked my equipment mm. twice. I'm ready to roll. Then I sat down, mm-hmm. and I was a dead duck. Oh, no. 
The next thing mm. I knew, when I sat down, it was 1245. When I woke up, it was four o'clock. Oh, no. And that's one of those sleeps on the road where you sit down anywhere after stretching your legs, you're a dead duck. Mm-hmm. I got to the arena with room to spare, mm-hmm. but it was still closed. And I was cold. But right. one of the students, thank God, let me into the arena. I went and found the computer lab where I can finish my notes and passed out again. <laughs> my body was aching. Okay. It was aching to sleep. But then mm, yeah. I got discovered by a fellow who is my, one of my best friends, Gary Rima, the voice of the university of Northern Iowa, who said, I'm looking for the voice of the Chicago state Cougars. I'm looking for Brian snow. You found mm-hmm. him. Well, I have a segment called the other Mike, and I want to get your take on a couple of things. Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Took a swallow right. of Pepsi, went and knocked out the segment. Mm-hmm. I went back into the computer room, which oh, was now no. turned into the media room. Oh, I got rescued. I was getting ready to fall asleep. And then the one thing that saved me from falling asleep, food. Okay. I got saved by the spread they put out for the media, mm-hmm. which included yeah. um, all the conference notes, game notes, programs and I was a collector of programs at the time you know to get all the information that I needed yeah mm-hmm. food saved me from falling asleep and missing the call I was hoping you were not going to say yeah I slept and the next thing I know the game was over I was hoping you were not going to say that thankfully you didn't Oh, I'm going to share some more broadcast stories on Monday. We got to get out of here. Thank you, Cole, for joining me. I can't wait to talk to you on Monday. Likewise, man. Uh, And uh, have a safe trip back. Thank you. We're leaving tomorrow, going back home to Carolina. Thanks to everyone that gave us well wishes on our trip up here. Check out Tall Man and Dr. K on Facebook by researching Tall Man, the ampersand Dr. K, where we share funny stories of our married life. And there are going to be a lot more pictures I actually talked my wife into taking a selfie with me before we hit the road. And I'm going to do a segment whenever we do hit the road called Road Tripping. You'll see the first episode of that when I get back to Carolina. Till Monday, for Steve Joyner, for Desmond Johnson, for Cole Johnson, Dr. K, and everybody. Have a great weekend. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big, do bigger. I know, Dr. K, we got to get out of here. Because we got to get some breakfast. I'm hungry. Till Monday. Snowman's out of here. See ya.